Hello and welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. This was a real treat this week. I got to talk to a dear friend of mine who I've known for quite some time and I can't believe we hadn't done a podcast together. It's Donovan Malero, who is the drummer and singer of a band called Hail the Sun. He's a booking agent. He just started a magazine called Kill Iconic. If you're watching this intro on YouTube, here's me holding up the magazine. It's beautiful. Uh, we talked a lot about just the thought and the creative energy and everything you put into this. I, I genuinely was so inspired by how much integrity went into that. And it feels like a real community of him making something special with his friends. And it felt so authentic and his attention to detail and all of his projects and all of his art and his music and how he balances that with his business brain of being a booking agent and thinking about numbers and the hustle, all of that coming together made for such a good episode. And he's just a genuine homie of mine. Like it's fun to chop it up with him. We have like a good banter back and forth. With that said, I want to shout out for him a couple things. His band Hail the Sun is dropping a full album on April 16th. So in a little while now, but right when this drops, he should have a song that just came out called Parasitic Cleanse. It came out on February 19th. Go listen to it. Him as a musician, him as a creative, everything I've heard of that album so far is spicy. It's good. So I hope you enjoy it. If you like the podcast and you want to do me a favor, I say it every time, but it's the most helpful thing you can do. And it's so, so simple. Just tell your friends about the podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. If you want to go above and beyond, like the videos on YouTube and subscribe on YouTube. If you're listening, rate it and subscribe wherever that is. If it's on Apple, write a review, all that good stuff. And something that I mentioned in another video, but I want to mention it again, is I had some physical goods made. And if you're watching this, I'm going to hold it up right now. And if you're listening, you'll have to go to the YouTube page and see what it is. But I had some physical goods made and I want to mail them to everybody who subscribes to the podcast, wherever it is that you subscribe. I really just want to say thank you to everybody who supports the podcast. I do this because I love it and I love that people gravitate towards it and anybody that cares enough to listen and watch means so much. So hit me up, send me a DM, let me know if you follow the podcast. And if you want me to send you something, just send me your address and I got you. There it is. Enjoy the episode. Where are all my friends? We're back again, and we are with my friend, Donnie. And uh, this is cool. This is a long time coming, dude. We've been, we've been friends for a long time. We've worked on projects yeah. together. You've done, you have accomplished so, so much. You're always doing something. We're long overdue for a checkup and check in anyway. So I just, I'm yeah. genuinely hype on this episode. We are with Same dude. Donovan Malero from Hail the Sun and Kill Iconic and Booking Agent Extraordinaire and I, a billion <laughs> other things. Uh, thank you for joining. Thank you, dude. I I completely agree. It's it's long overdue, and it's good to be able to chat with you here in a very nice environment. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's a bummer because we are both in LA and we're on Zoom, but you know what? That's <laughs> that's fine. It is what it is. It's easy enough. It, we're chilling yeah. in our cozy bedrooms. I'm wearing sweatpants exactly. right now. It's safer. It's a little more responsible, of course, and yep. and that's good. Yeah. So. All good. We still get to chop it up, and I like that. So, yeah, dude. For anybody who isn't familiar with the legend of Donovan Malero, uh, <laughs> briefly for a listener, just quickly explain who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, my name is Donovan. I perform in the band Hail the Sun. I'm the drummer and the singer of of Hail the Sun. Been in that band the longest. It's been coming up on uh, over ten years now that we've been we've been going. Uh, I also perform in a band called Nova Charisma. I am a booking agent uh, currently for Dynamic Talent International. I represent the North American territories. Um, and I just launched a magazine, a music magazine right. called Kill Iconic that I'm really stoked on. Yeah. I think that that said it all pretty well. And um, yeah, I, I, I realize it's like, it's funny because I just basically list the things I do for work or the things that I'm passionate about. There's so, so much 
I'm sure there's so much more to touch on, but those are the the key points of what I do with my life and my and my time, I guess. Yeah. And something that I, I wanted to get into on this podcast that I think is so cool about you, I've admired this about you for so long, is you do a lot of things and you do them all very well. Like I would really consider you a professional at all of those, right? Like it's not like you're just like, Thank you. oh yeah, you know, like I'm I'm a booking agent, but I play the drums with my friend. Like no, Hale is like a very <laughs> sick, very real band. You have toured all over the world. You've released a ton of albums. It has a cult following. Like it is real. And then as a booking agent, you have a roster that's very, very real. In fact, that's probably one of the first times that you and I worked on something when I was managing Capstan, you were booking. Like that was a real yeah. signed band and we were doing like very real tours. So like yeah. every aspect that you do, you don't half-ass it. Like you really mm. come in and just do the thing. And now, even with Kill Iconic, I'm looking at this magazine and it's so intentional. It's so well, it's so well thought out. It's so beautiful. Um, so that's something that I'm really curious and I want to talk a lot about on this episode is just like, how the fuck do you do so much, my guy? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I appreciate that, dude. Um, I really do. There's, uh, I will definitely drive myself crazy sometimes, but it's all shit that I'm really passionate about. Yeah. That's first and, and foremost. Uh, it's stuff that I have always started with purely the the want to do it the i i want to, to do those things in fact I, it was kind of a foreign concept to be able to make a living off doing any of those things when i first started them it, it wasn't a it wasn't a um I, I knew i wanted to do that but it wasn't a focus like making money making a, a living doing that stuff was kind of in the in the back of my mind when I started doing all the things that, that I love to do. So I just really like to do them. And they're really in, and there's time in the day. There, there is quite a bit of time in, in a day. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like there's, there's not enough, but I, I appreciate that sentiment. And um, I just want to spend every moment, every hour that, that I'm alive, at least, and I'm, I'm not sleeping, doing shit that I want to do. And I kind of have this obsession with, with growing things that uh, uh, especially lately I, I want to always be growing and being uh, and challenging myself finding different ways that i feel like i'm growing as an individual while at the same time growing a brand or growing a, a business uh by being i like to be creative that comes a lot with the things that i do and especially writing music i can tap into that that creative mind but having something under a big umbrella and continuing to develop uh and to see how I, I hesitate to use the word big, but I'll use the word big. See how big everything can get, and I like that everything can be interconnected as well. It just it feels good. It feels uh, fulfilling. Well, you know what's interesting about that? Like I, you're saying all of that, and I'm like, dude, I feel that on a core spiritual level. Like it's just I don't <laughs> like downtime. I don't like idle time. Every now and then I can like watch a movie, but that's it. And then I have to go back to doing something. I have to feel like I'm progressing. Like I'm I'm very much about that. Um but yeah. I think that something with you that I'm so intrigued by is oftentimes people will have like one core talent that they're like pretty damn good at and they can just double down and focus on that. But I have to wonder, like, did this all come natural to you? Like, it's almost like you have two different brains, like you, cause you're so business oriented, right? Like when I talk to you as Donovan, as a booking agent, it's just numbers and it's percentages and it's splits and it's, <laughs> you just, you can so quickly like yeah. put it together, but then and I can hang there. Like, that's my favorite thing. I love talking about that. But then I can't play a single chord on any instrument. And I think <laughs> I'm tone deaf and I can't do any of that. So like that weird mixture is so interesting to me. Like, does one come more natural to you than the other? Did you have to like put practice and skill or did you kind of like, at what age, where did that inclination that you had both kind of happen? So. Um, the first thing that came naturally was songwriting and, and uh, playing drums, uh, writing songs on guitar, singing. That was something that I've, I've I've been doing since since I was a kid. But 
honestly, as you asked that, it, I had a kind of another thing that clicked in my, in my head was the, I realized my love for business and <laughs> that, that feel that, that, like you said, crunching numbers and just figuring out logistics and ideas to, to develop things in a business sense. Yeah. Honestly, it was almost directly after I got sober. All the energy that I was putting towards things that were a, a, a part of a non-healthy lifestyle, yeah. that energy went completely in the opposite direction. I started obsessing over not wanting to waste any more time with bullshit, not wanting to waste an ounce of energy with the shit that didn't... It, was counterproductive, but that energy had to go somewhere. It needed to go somewhere. And that's when I started booking tours in college and in, in my in my seminars. I would be, you know, they're teaching about whatever class I was in, and I'd be on my laptop booking tours on MySpace, on Facebook. That I realized that became my obsession. What and, and, and I had a knack for it. I I I learned that it was something that was fun to do. Yeah. And I couldn't stop thinking about it. And then everything just sort of came after that. But I think it was really the placement of the energy in a more uh, productive manner. That's really that's so interesting to me. And we don't have to do a deep dive into sobriety because I know you have spoken on that quite a lot. And anybody sure. listening or watching, like if you are interested in that story, like do the deep dive because it's so impressive. And it's just cool. Like I really respect you for that. And what, you're 12 years sober now? Yeah, uh, almost awesome. about. Yeah, that's incredible. Thank you, dude. So, but the, but the thing that I'm curious of because I've experienced this with a couple of people very close to me in my life that have gotten sober, is it's not everyone. In fact, I would say it's a select few. It's it's a fewer bunch out of that. But there are certain people that I've observed very very close to me that have gotten sober and done a similar thing where it's almost like after. After getting through, like, I think one, you have to want to get sober. Again, I can't speak on this like I'm the pro, but yeah, sure. I, I just see it almost feels like from my outside perspective, it's like something clicks of like, you've been given this second chance of life or that like you, you like, maybe you said it. It's like you realize you were almost like spending all this time chasing the wrong thing and you realize you can apply that to something else. Something clicks and, and mm -hmm it just makes the best, highest functioning people with the coolest <laughs> perspective. And I don't know what that is, but my God, do I see it in you. Thank you, dude. Uh, that means a lot. I, I think that, that that's a good uh, perspective and it, it feels, feels accurate. It, it, I felt like there was, when I started feeling semi-normal again and started realizing the potential in what I could do um, with my circumstances, it became uh, an obsession. It became such a drive that I wanted, I just wanted it. I, I wanted it all. I, I, if I saw something that I really liked or that I wanted to achieve, I, I'm really just dead set on it. I'm still learning every day. There's a lot that, that comes with it. I'm sure I'll know more uh, a year from now than I do now. It's a constant work in progress, but it, it, I think uh, whether I'm whether I'm good or, or bad at the things that I uh, want to do or, or try to do, it's all about. Um, I still I, I still obsess on it. I, I just want to do you it. You know, you were you're, as you were saying this in real time. I was thinking with it, and the word obsession came to my head. And I think that that word can have a negative connotation, but I don't mean that like that at all. Yeah. But it's almost like you can be obsessed with chasing a high, or like it, like obsessed with that whole culture, I guess. And then yeah. if you can find a new obsession or an obsession of music or an obsession of songwriting, anything, like I do think that I feel like I'm that way. I'll find a thing like podcasting and like all of a sudden, like I'm interested and then I'm obsessed. And it's so yeah. interesting yeah. that. I agree with you. Yeah. It doesn't, it, 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 you're right. It's not a complete negative connotation in, in the sense of the word. It just becomes, I've, I've been really passionate about the things that that I want to do and about the things I'm fucking very lucky enough to be doing yeah. right now. It, it, it is, it, it is always how I envisioned, um, I, at least the musician part. That's all I ever did. There was something I found that I wrote either in junior high or early high school, I forget, 
but it was like, where do you, wh- what do you want to do uh, 10 years from now or whatever? It was a very lo- local bandy type of answer. Yeah, I was like playing songs, playing my songs for people all around um, wherever I'm, I'm, I'm performing or playing that, but that really is how I, uh, where I envisioned myself, yeah. but didn't quite know how to connect the dots or how to start moving that direction until my mind was clear, until I had gotten rid of the most toxic parts of, of my lifestyle. Wow. That's when I could start realizing, oh, this is the next step. This is the next step. And I, I, it took some time. And in the touring aspect, that we did a lot of terrible tours, yeah. but every single one, I learned more. I got more connections. I learned the networking game. And um, uh, I made some great relationships. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious, take me back to a very, very specific point. Because you've been a musician for, I mean, what? Like, when when did you pick up your first instrument? Uh, I think I was five or six. Yeah, so like that's like in your blood. Like that's been you to the <laughs> core. But I'm so curious of that exact moment. So like you getting sober, finding touring, finding the business side, because I believe you and the rest of the Hale boys have been like best friends forever, right? Like you guys all go back. Yeah, yeah, been a while. So mm-hmm. like, what did that look like? Like where did it start to click in a positive light where the band is coming together, you're starting to tour, you're sober. I think, when did you sign to Equal Vision? Or did you, was it Blue Swan first? Take me back to like that early Blue, day yeah. of like the beginning of the success of that and things coming together. Sure, yeah. We we, we were touring through our college years um, on break. Okay. We would uh, uh, tour winter break, summer, spring. Uh, that was 2010 to 2012. Yeah. We had all graduated by 2012. And it was perfect timing at that point. We got real management and we got on the radar of other record labels and uh, uh, a booking agent. That was when we released the Elephantitis EP. Okay, yeah. And that was... So while touring booking our own regional tours and, and, and doing it on my own, we did start to develop a following. We would see people coming back to the shows. It became easier to book tours, but I was still always looking at where I, I wanted us to be, where I thought we could be, and just thinking, how the fuck does that happen? <laughs> how does that happen? So the timing was really uh, perfect after we'd all graduated college is when uh, management came in and we did our first national tour. It was with Dance Gavin Dance in late 2012. Your first and ever national tour was with DGD? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Now, I guess uh, it was at in that time, because they kind of had a weird thing where they like extra exploded. At that yeah. time, they were probably popping, but I almost want to say they're bigger now than... Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah they've that band is, uh, has come... You know they've they've had their own very long journey and, and I respect it greatly. They they've kept at it. Uh, at that time, it was still it was still I mean, it was an amazing tour for us. We like what size were going into big rooms. Was that at that time? Uh, it was that was going into seven hundred to twelve hundred. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, rooms, that's still fucking big. That's still a maybe proper... five hundred to a thousand. Yeah, but that's yeah, still it, a great great, great tour rooms. to be on. It was awesome tour. It was with our friends a lot, like Birds were direct support as well, and uh, it was just. It was a great, another great learning experience, and that's when I realized there are people along the country, pockets of them, who had had heard of us. And from then, uh, we wrote more music. We did our, uh, a record with uh, with Blue Swan Records, yeah. our our album Wake, yeah, and that got the attention from Equal Vision. And we kept playing these, uh, doing these national tours, a lot of headlining, dude. That was something that we couldn't, we weren't landing support all the time. Uh, in fact, hardly ever back in those days outside of our general camp and, and our, our own community yeah. of bands and artists. So we would just headline. We really weren't afraid to headline. And that's that's a bad word I to a lot, of, uh, a lot of bands these days. And and I know it has it can be a scary thing. And I'm not saying we didn't play to fucking no one. We definitely <sighs> did at times. But th- it was that or nothing. And so we just kept going, kept going. And uh, we signed Equal Vision and then the support tours. We were very lucky it just kind of kept snowballing and snowballing um, in a good way. Yeah. And that was 2015 that, that we signed to, to EVR. Um, uh, wow. Dan, we got to know Dan well, who you know. Oh I my fucking God. love Dan. I Dan will, is so fucking dope. I will forever credit so much of my early success or even just like getting my foot in the door in, as far as like music industry past, like going from touring mm-hmm. with bands to like getting into the industry side to Dan Sancho. Yeah. Like I have, 
I will never say a bad word about that dude. He is the one of the kindest, most genuine, incredible people through and through. And I love him more than anything. So he found he was the one that found you. I love to hear that. Yeah, we. Uh, I seriously love to hear that. Dan is a, is a legend, and since um, you know, since you say that, I can also say that Dan's always written so hard for Hail the Sun. Yeah. He's written so hard. Uh, I have a great. Uh, he's just he's a great friend yeah. too. I, I love Dan. So that was 2015. We got to know him. We signed, and we just kept going. Essentially, we kept writing and touring and writing and touring, and um, really started to see a lot of growth. Uh, so I, you mean you've managed bands as well, and it can be sometimes it just is so fucking difficult to get a band, even a band that that that's worth tickets and 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 it's worth something on the right radar. It's Dude. like people th- there's a perception still, and I, I'm not saying I thought we ever had a negative perception, but it wasn't until we sold out the Roxy for a, uh, a special Wake playthrough show that I'd booked with a bunch of our friends' bands yeah. um, when I was booking. Uh, uh, doing the night of blue swan uh, events that uh that was i feel like things started moving more after that but i mean it took selling out the roxy that was a moment to then have that that's cool that you resume. can point back to like a specific moment though where you feel like it kind of shifted that was one yeah yeah, yeah it shifted uh support budgets went up uh it, it, it just felt like we were more on the radar uh and that was really cool because it was also a cool sign to a lot of our um friends and family yeah that show like oh shit I, i'm just that's what y'all are doing i'm obsessed with moments like that in this podcast because at least for me i i obsessively listen to so many other podcasts and i love hearing from people that i respect that have accomplished things that i haven't or that have just are doing well in what they do when they explain their aha moments or their moments of things that click because it kind of gives you hope if you're chasing it where you're like okay that's a tangible like that's a real moment that you can point to and say, all right, if I can just get there, things could change. Things could get better. And I'm not saying sell out the Roxy and your life gets better, but it's just (laughs) cool to hear something so specific. And even as you're telling that story, I like, dude, for so long, I toured, I was tour managing Set It Off. And I felt like that was another band that people really, it's not that they didn't take it seriously, but the support tours never came. And there was just this thing of like, all right, well, we're not going to stop. So they headlined like crazy. And yeah. the thing that I witnessed happen there that I think I have could very confidently say happened with Hale is, okay, cool. Maybe you don't get the cool, fun support tours where it's super easy. You just get to show up. There's catering. It's sold out crowd, whatever. But you fucking build a core fan base. Like, I feel like Hale, mm. because of that, because of those early yeah. days, like the amount of Hale tattoos, the amount of like die hard fans because you earned them. There were you there. You talked to them in person, every show, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that I respect so much because now you start to get the support tours. Now the trajectory changed for Hale and you're start like it's it's doing the thing. But because you built such a fucking solid foundation in the beginning, you almost have this edge up that other bands just would never have. Dude, it's, it's crazy, and I, I I would agree, and just in the fact that it's been to add to that, with that has come the the slow build, but very grassroots, yeah. very very grassroots. Um, and uh, there's there's longevity in that, and that wasn't even like we, of course, we're not calculating. Okay, we got to make sure that we build longevity by doing this slowly. It just happened. It just happened how it happened, and we're very very grateful for that. Yeah. Um, but. It is still a trip to to think of that and uh, set off things a great example as well. I, I think maybe the word that that as you were saying that that came to mind is I think sometimes it can take a bit for everyone to see a band's true value. Yeah, it's not like they necessarily disregard it. And and like I said, I never felt um, disregarded, but there is value there. We we'd headline and play to hundreds of people yeah. in um, in a markets, but still on tours that I had booked. Like not DIY. I was I was an, a, a real agent at that point, um, but I don't think people quite had learned yet that there was this very very loyal um, fan base. Many of which we know personally, and that's another very very cool thing is we've gotten to, like you said, bro down and spend a lot of time and sleep at a whole lot of houses <laughs> back in the day yeah. by, by doing that. But definitely December two thousand sixteen. That was the Roxy show, and things sort of shifted after that. That's so cool. And then from there, 
I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, I feel like Hale is just, it just keeps going in this great direction. And another thing that I was thinking about with the band is you put out a good product. I think that that's something that it, not it's not that it's easy to overlook, but you can't mm. not do it if you're going to have a long career. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that kind of comes right. back to another point of you that I'm so curious of is like the songwriting, the music of the band that you put out. Mm-hmm. It, like it has a cult following for a reason. Like you guys are so technical and you're so crazy with your songwriting and it fucking rips. <laughs> and even like just Thanks, now you dude. just released more music and it still, it holds up. You're not doing that thing where you want to become a different band because it's 2021 now and you want to be a pop band out of nowhere. And you're like, let's be on the radio. Yeah. Like, no, you're staying true to your <laughs> fans. You're staying true to your roots and you're releasing music that fucking rips. But like, is that all you? Are you a songwriter just as much? How does that look like? Like, what's that look like? Because you're also in other bands. Like, right. Um, for Hale, it's definitely a, a group a group effort. There's uh, we're, we are all songwriters. We're all um, so we are co-writing w- with each other. I, I will do most of the vocals and lyrics, but it takes a group effort. Uh, like, we'll all write instrumentals, including me. And I'll do songwriting. Of course, I have some solo stuff that I'm really proud of, especially some of the the more recent stuff that uh that i've been able to do and uh, in nova charisma that's a, a joint venture as well yeah. full of uh of songwriters but I, I i love what you said about the product has to be there okay. and and my my good friend brett powell one time said i'm sure he wasn't the one that coined this but i heard it first from him that the good shit flows to the top there's so much shit out there dude you know that there's especially with the internet and and, and bands more and music, so than ever but Exactly, but the good shit will float to the top, and at that point, it, it, things do sort of, sort of divide themselves. And I'll admit, when we're in writing new music or we're entering an, uh, a new um, cycle, uh, I do have to tap into that creative mindset. It, it, it does happen sometimes, especially like I'll wake up in the morning and just have something in my head, and that's what I'll get stuck on for that for the almost the majority of that day. Sick. But I'm thinking about the tours I want to do while we're writing the album, right? But I have to to recognize that and sort of detach a little bit because it the most important thing is the product is and and it's funny to refer to our music as a product, but I mean, fuck that that is it essentially is a product. It's our art for sure. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it's bought and sold and and listened to and uh, have and created a a, a career for us. Yeah. I, I see it that way. So I, I don't want to discourage anyone by referring to it as that. But the art of the music absolutely comes first. Yeah. That is the most important. And we are all extremely anal about that. We'll rework things until they're just right. I'll be extremely stubborn about... Not stubborn. I'll be... Calcu- <laughs> I'll be focused on what I want to say for lyrics, yeah. the, for melodies... I want to refine and at the same time be growing, not just trying to do the same thing, not changing necessarily, but just growing. And and, no, and we're so lucky. We play what we love. People just happen to like it. And it seems like more people are starting to like it. And that's fucking dope because we're not necessarily trying to cater to that. We just were playing the shit that, that we like. Yeah. Um, but that is, is, always comes first after that is done is when i can hop full into what i want to do and brand ideas and promotional things and um all the ways we want to market the album and uh do do the thing yeah but i will never i cannot lose track of the fact that that comes first so then are you equally because like again this kind of segues to like other facets of your life and your endeavors are you also like heavily involved on the visual creative side and like everything that comes around the song outside of it? Because again, you've now just released Kill, I- Kill Iconic, which is a full, full magazine. So like obviously there's some visual creative side of you as well there too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in recent years, definitely I've been a bigger part of, of the visual thing uh, with Hail the Sun. We all have. We all sign off and everything. It's a very um, equal process. Mm-hmm. And from you know 2015 to up, even up until very 
recently, even sometime, even now, we work, we've worked really closely with, uh, with Michael Rex. Uh, oh. She will do so much of our, um, she was our tour photographer for four years straight. She still is when we'll start touring again. And she would do our postings. Like she, she kind of helped us find a look for tour photos, for promo pictures. She's done, I think, two or three of our music videos yeah. on past cycles. Am I thinking of the right She's tag on Instagram, Brown Metal? Brown Metal. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. She's been a, a big part of, of that process. Uh, but we are all, I, I've realized the importance of, of having everything be uniform. Mm-hmm. More so, and personally, I've realized in the last few years. And so I, uh, we've had a lot, uh, we've always had a control of what, of what we're doing, yeah. but really, really focused on it in the last couple of years, I would say. Like making sure it's, it is across the board, the product that we know it can be, yeah. or the level of, um, of quality that we want. I love that. So now I'm at this spot with the podcast where there's two parts. And like, as you're saying this, I have two things that I want to get into. And I don't necessarily know which one makes more sense. So let's just as let's live riff it. So let's do it. I want to talk about, well, of of course, of course, but I want to talk about Kill Iconic (laughs) very specifically. And I literally, I have it. I have it right here in front of me. You so graciously mailed me a copy. Um, I want to talk about this and I want to talk about a feeling that I get when I look through it, but then the other part of it that kind of ties into what you were saying with working so closely with your band, with everyone outside of your band. And I feel like you have an ecosystem of friends and I see them all throughout this magazine. And I think that that's a very special piece of not only Hale, but of Donovan a lot, like you've booked a lot of your friends' bands when they didn't have anyone else to look out for them. You have created bands and projects with so many friends. I almost think of it as like this like blue swan EVR homey ecosystem. And it ties together. It's what I see and what it reminded me of when I looked at Kill Iconic is I've been so uninspired by most music magazines. I see them and I'm just like, fucking cool. I couldn't force myself to care if I tried. And I don't know what that is. But then when I look at Kill Iconic, I turn through every page and I see your friends. And I see people that like, I feel inspired because I feel like you're inspired. And I feel like every piece of that matters and every photo is thought about. And it's a fucking community. And it's people that are genuinely trying to bring each other up and God, do I ride for that. So I don't know if you want to tell me about Kill Iconic or if you want to tell me about your cool friend system. And if I'm getting that right, (laughs) you're going to have to, you're going to have to go from here. You are, dude. You hit the nail on the head. And that, fuck, the way you described it is um, exactly what, how I see it. It's exactly what I uh, unintentionally intended in in a way. It's a... It, it, I ride so fucking hard for the people that I work with. Yeah. Uh, I have such good friends. Um, Hail the Sun's crew has been the same for five years. Yeah. We've had the same. And, and not only do we, we work together off the road, um, Christelle runs our merch store. Alan uh, co-writes and produces with us and produces my solo music. Yeah, and he toured with um, you guys on Sam tour, makes right? events for us. I think I met yeah, him. He yeah, he still tours yeah, with yeah. us. He, he, uh, and of course... Uh, Michael Rex yeah. will still, uh, I mean, I, I live with her right now and oh, crazy. Uh, she's not here currently, but we still work on so many things outside of that. Not only do we work together on those things, we all hang out still just as if we're, we hang out outside of work. Yeah. It, that's what's brought us together. But my partners, oh, well, before I get into that, the, the, the community thing is something I'm super grateful for. And I, if I can work with people that I know love and trust that's always going to be um the the first what's the word i'm thinking of priority that's always going to be huh priority uh preferred that's always going to be the preferred thing yeah. if, I, if there's people and that we can use in our in our like you said community our, our ecosystem yeah. that's what i want to do that's what we've been doing and um everyone in that we in this first issue of the magazine 
like you said, they're our friends. Yeah. They're people that we've toured with for years. They're people that we've built real connections with, real relationships yeah. with. Um, it, it got to a point where I would, I've been thinking about doing this for a couple of years, uh, the, the magazine, but between touring and you know, a very busy schedule, um, it never really fleshed out fully. Yeah. In April, uh, April, a month after everything uh, closed down yeah. because of the pandemic, is when I thought we've got, I've got to pivot. We have no idea when things are going to be opening up. Yeah. All my revenue, all everything I do yeah. in in general relies on being mobile, on tran- on transportation, on live entertainment. Yeah. And so I wanted to find uh, other ventures that would take up that time and that that energy, that creative energy. And that's when I brought that idea back, and I called. I have a uh, for this first issue, I've I had um, uh, three partners. Christel is part of it. Um, uh, Michael Rex Amazing. and Claudia did uh, did this did this layout beautifully. It looks great, and so we would just start brainstorming ideas. Having a skeleton, uh, we thought for the cover story, the best thing, the best story that we could come out with was the a lot like bird story. We I oh, uh, Kurt's such a homie. Yeah. Mikey's such a homie, and they'd never done a, a, an interview about the band and why why uh, an interview together about why the band broke up, what the dynamics were. They have a pretty interesting story amongst a diehard fan base. But every other story in that is something that comes from a friend, and is a uh, we're all really passionate about. The cool thing was I realized in doing this is how many people I know and have met through this community through music and touring that the timing it just felt right it, it wasn't pulling teeth at all it it wasn't hoping to approach someone who i had never spoken to yeah. to give me some type of content it we all knew each other and i thought what a what better timing how fortunate that it can be a phone call to a ton of friends and moving forward all all the things we have for these future issues it's the same thing it's people that i know or if i don't know personally there's a a degree of connection we've heard of each other now i should Uh, preface or i should interject one thing in there is i don't view this as some cool kids club i don't view you guys as like a clique of like oh they're guarded and they're precious and they don't want to accept new people i don't see it like that at all I see it as mm-hmm. a circle mm-hmm. of people that are trying to come up and trying to grow and trying to build. Because as we were talking yeah. about that, I was like, I, I've compared, I've seen other like clicks where it's like they're too cool for school, whatever. Yeah. No, like I just view this as people mean. trying to bring each other up. Yes, and that's also very good to hear because that's that is what it what it does feel like. Um, the visuals, most of the pictures, if not, I'd say ninety percent of those pictures yep. in a magazine are from Michael Rex. Yep. The layout was done beautifully uh, by Claudia That's great. and Christelle helped to edit. Yeah, it 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 really is great. And even like literally Christelle like the would, product, like dude, it's it's. I mean, you don't need to have any physical media anymore, right? Like everything can be digital, but like in yeah. holding it, it's thick paper. Like it's like actually like tangible, and it feels good, and it's a beautiful matte finish. And you go through the pages, and it's like the fonts, the printing, like. How the fuck? It's like, this is your first magazine and it's proper, yeah. dude. It feels like something that I want to have physical. So uh, like, dude, I don't know where that came so from. I don't know dope. what guru out of y'all did that, but it's just dude, inspiring it, it, to see. It was absolutely a, um, uh, a team effort to bring this vision to life. I, 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 I like I said, had thought of, about it for a few years now and always wanted to, to do that, but I couldn't have done it alone. Yeah. Um, I owe the, the how the product came out, like I said, to my my team on this first issue, Claudia, uh, Michael Rex, and Christelle. Yeah. It, the the quality of paper, I did shop around yeah. for a bit. Good. I wanted extremely high quality. Yes. Just what you said. W- when we got the samples, and we picked the one that we wanted, like I, I held both, I held a few of them, and I thought this is the one that I want. And we got it uh, produced, and, w- and when they sent it, it was just so fucking cool because it was exactly the finish I wanted. It was exactly the, the thickness I wanted. I wanted it to feel much. We had some really great magazine style as well, like with uh, like premium magazine style. 
I wanted this more to be like a collectible item, like a lookbook, yeah. or something that you'd want to put on your coffee table, yeah. and not necessarily you, you, the your in your bathroom. Right? You know what I mean? I wanted it to be something you can present, and that feels good. And it is only print; it's print exclusive. You cannot download PDF. Uh, I I love that kind of shit. Yeah. Or I feel like our reader base, it's people are subscribing every day still. Yeah. They like the tangibility of it. They like the exclusiveness. Well, um, you know, it's almost about, like about all that. vinyl has a resurgence, right? And I think there's, exactly. there's some of it. You could have the audio elitists and talk about this and that and this. And it has like a warm tone, all that. To me, the thing about vinyl that I've always loved is it forces you to listen to an album. You don't put on a playlist. You don't shuffle it like it's this song into this song into this song. So when you put on a record on vinyl and listen, you're listening to a whole piece. You're listening to a cohesive piece of work and it flows together. Mm -hmm. And if an album is good, you appreciate it more on vinyl. I'm much more inclined to Mm -hmm. want to purchase an album on vinyl if it's a good album and I'm going to want to listen to it through and through. So when I think about this magazine, I'm like, I don't, I don't care to own a physical medium of a print magazine if it's just a bunch of junk and if it's just a bunch of like random mm-hmm. hob job, this is and that's and ads and whatever. But like this feels like, okay, so it's a physical publication. So if it's physical, it's intentional. And as you read through it mm-hmm. and as you look at the photos and you read the stories, it feels, I don't feel insulted. I don't feel like I've wasted my time reading it. I'm like, this is cool. It forced me to put my phone down. It forced me to disconnect from a screen and look at it. And like, dude, I just, it's just cool to me. I think it represents something bigger than a specific magazine. It just represents you saying, yeah, I'm a booking agent. Yeah, I'm a drummer. Yeah, I'm a singer, but I need to create more. And you didn't half-ass it. You put out another piece of art. And I just, I think that's so impressive. I love to see people create something that's lasting and meaningful. And that, I think, past the magazine is a feeling that I feel when I talk to you and I hang out with you all too often. Is like you put out things that matter. Dude, thank you. Really. And once again, I'm just so stoked to hear you describe it that way because that is uh, the most ideal uh, sense of that. That that's the vibe that I that it feels like that for me yeah. as well. In, in terms of of, of upholding it, it's great that that it comes off that way. And um, I think uh, something I, I haven't necessarily uh, touched upon on or touched upon yet is outside of the logistics and the layout and all that stuff was the content and. The reason why there was even a spark of wanting to do this a couple of years ago and since then was, let me start, I, I respect print magazines across the board, especially ones that have been around for a while. That's not, it's not easy to do. They're going to change with their demographic. That's absolutely understandable. That being said, there is so much content that has come from this, this community of bands and people. So many cool stories through people I've met, people I know, yep. that it started bubbling up. There's so much within the the. the I've already said, I guess there's so much within this community. Yeah, I don't know what to call it. That, Can I call it the Kill Iconic ecosystem? Now, is that what this is becoming? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> let's do that. It, it's there is and there's a demand for it. It may not be a big enough demand for a major publication to necessarily want, but it's fucking there, dude. There's things that may, may be covered 10 years ago in some of the more popular music magazines that I would want. I, w- I would read that. I would see interview with Daryl Palumbo of Glassjaw. And I'm like, fuck, I want to I <laughs> know what he yeah. says. So I would get that magazine. But uh, a lot of those same magazines have shifted to a different demographic. Yeah. But the demand is still there. In fact, it's grown it, maybe five years ago, it, I, I don't think five years ago it's as big as it is now. Mm. And I love that I'm even a part of it, that I get to be a part of yeah. it. And why not showcase some of the talent and personalities yeah. and stories that maybe looked over by a, other publications, just like the mentality of Hail the Sun would book our own headliners when no one would take us out. It's the same thing. Yes. Fuck it. Let's just make yes. our own magazine. Let me do this and put it together because there is 
a uh, a reader base that would love to know this shit. And I'm very grateful yes. that that is the case. I, they're they're selling. People are into God, it. God, I feel like there's a lesson of integrity there. Of like, you are such a great example of chase and do what you genuinely fucking love and make something with your friends who love it too. Like, you're not chasing all these random fads, right? Like, you're not, mm -hmm. you have not compromised the person that you are and the vision that you have and the music that you want to make. You're making what you love with the friends that love doing it as well. So I think it's mm -hmm. like, even if you're listening to this podcast and you've never heard Hail the Sun and you don't know the people that are in this magazine or you don't know the extended homie group that every, of all the people that Donovan have worked with, it's like, to me, I see a bigger lesson and a bigger concept of just like, if Donnie can do this with all of his friends, then so can anyone else. Like if there's anything that anybody is just like, no, like I'm obsessed with this. I am super, super hyper-focused into this <laughs> one specific genre or creating content like this or anything you're that, mm -hmm. you're the example of just like, cool, you can do it. And it doesn't matter if the, if anyone else catches on or if they don't, cause like you can, you can metaphorically headline your anything you need to until other people get it yeah. and you're gonna have that core. And I just think that like you prove that so, so well and you do it successfully. That's super flattering, dude. Seriously. Thank you. It, it, it's been a very exciting thing to see to launch. It took it took months to get together. There were some big, uh, some big speed bumps in the way as well. But we did eventually get it together. I love my team. I'm very grateful for them. Yeah. They were the first people I asked to do it. Yeah. Said, of course, we'd love to do this. They see the long term uh, picture. Yeah. They see the potential, the growth, um, and we all love working together anyway. So with that with the team for this first issue it just came together so naturally and i'm i'm really grateful that i have friends that who want to be a part of it in 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 terms of uh, being a part of of the actual team that puts this whole thing together yeah and then people that volunteer their time uh or would take just take time to email their answers back or to, we met with half those people in person and, and took pictures and, and and recorded the audio and video from these interviews yeah because it just felt more genuine to do it that way. And I'm grateful for their time. It was a very enlightening thing to see how much actually exists all around me yeah. that we now get to display for people who really want, who they're hungry for this shit, dude. It's why, it's why um, the pro a physical product in this, in this, in, in this community of bands. Yeah. And I mean, even outside of that, uh, it, it is, um, it's becoming more popular. And I will say you can buy the single issue. Um, they're, they just went into some select record stores as well. Oh, I've, it's funny. I've been like now trying to book magazines. It's like instead of uh, booking tours, it's like I'm hitting up record stores no and distributors shit. trying to get them to carry the magazine. I've, I've, got, I've hit up a lot of people. It's learning that game all over again. It's like finding contacts. Does for it feel parallel though? Like, are you kind of like, are you it's extremely, okay. <laughs> extremely. So that it's Donnie that I know is figuring it out pretty quick. Yeah, explaining who I am, explaining what I'm doing to a record store owner who has no fucking clue. <laughs> uh, but some have some have taken the chance, and, and they're starting to be stocked around the country. You can buy them online. But the big thing is subscriptions. We want people to subscribe. You get a cheaper rate if you subscribe. Shipping is free. Mm -hmm. It just shows up at, at your doorstep every time an issue comes out. Those come with exclusive perks, like you can get stickers. We'll have flexi discs in the future oh, of, no of exclusive songs from people in the magazine. And another one is we'll hand number them. I'll hand number all subscription issues up to a certain amount. Yeah. And that's something that you don't get with the single issues. Um, you have to be a subscriber to get those exact perks. Dude, you got me fucked which up I with think that is, flexi is disc. I, I'm all yeah. for like, I, I, I just love the idea of hidden, like rewarding the people like your day ones with weird, cool, hidden things that they never asked for that you put way too much time and attention into. So like, as soon as you said that, I'm like, unreleased demo with your whole Kill Iconic ecosystem. Like, 
you and all the homies are like a song that got written together that never came out and it's just released. Like you don't say anything about it. And then a magazine comes and there's a flexi disc and people put it on and they're like, what is this? Like I'm obsessed with things like that. Dude, exactly. I'm I'm the same way. I've always been a huge fan of Easter eggs and surprise things like that. It it just makes things so cool. It's like discovering an old... um, glass straw demo that I haven't heard before. It's like, wow, where the fuck did this come? Like they never advertised it. It just kind of snuck out of nowhere. I want to provide that with people who are subscribing and people who, who are feel attached to it. I I feel like people connect with this kind of thing. And as do I, it's just, there's this big, there's this huge connection with everyone. And I just love it, dude. I, I really am extremely grateful talking about it again with you right now. It, it, pumping me up again in, in, in the sense that I would have, oh, dude, all last summer, all last fall, I would be pacing. I've walked miles <laughs> in my fucking room, miles, just thinking about it in circles, thinking about it, calling up Rex, Christelle, Claudia, calling up um, band friends, uh, people who are good friends of mine yeah. who, play, who play music, running ideas by them, getting so hyped on what this could be. And the magazine is... Uh, it's it's going to be its own thing. It's I think it's going to continue to grow. I've been hit up. It's crazy to see how many people have contacted me afterwards, uh, musicians yeah. and writers yeah. who want to also be a part of it, which is fucking dope. But it is phase one out of this bigger, this big plan I have yeah. for Kill Icon. Doesn't it just seem though that like, it's so easy to talk about it, but it's it's so much harder to be about it, right? Like the amount of hours you put in, the amount of samples you had to go through like to get a finished product. So it's like, good, I'm fucking glad people hit you up because it's like people see it once they're holding it, once they're looking at it, it's like, oh, damn. Like it's a reminder of like, yeah, like if you want mm. stuff in the world, you have to actually like do it. You have to ship it out. <laughs> you have to get the finished product and turn it from pacing and conversations on the phone to something real. I don't know. It's like, that's, it represents so much to me to see you taking on another endeavor and doing it well. Dude, it, it, it took some time. It took time for sure. And it took a lot of energy and it's, it's an investment, definitely a long-term yep. play as far as any type of revenue yep. that, that I, I plan on seeing. And, but you're probably um, like me on that. You but, probably don't give a shit. Like it, it, it's so no, far dude, like, from it, it, that. It, exactly. It, it, uh, there's definitely a business sense to it. And of course, I'm crunching numbers and thinking of break-even points and when we actually start to see profit. Yeah. But if that was the goal from the beginning, we wouldn't have done it. It's like we're investing so much free time into it. We wouldn't have been so into it. Like The, the idea was driven by the idea. It was not driven by yep. a financial sense. That stuff all just kind of comes in time. It comes together. You get to trust the process. Yep. I, I was just wanted to work on something dope with good friends which is what I did. I'm very grateful for them, for the whole team, yeah. for the reader base, for all of that, dude. It's it's so fucking cool. I'm every day I'm shipping out magazines. That's Christelle. She ships a Hail the Sun's online store, right? Yeah. So when uh, we started the magazine, I I had I had no idea how to ship things. I know I sound like a noob, but I wasn't printing out labels and shipping my own shit. So I bought a printer, and Christelle came over and showed. We did all of the issues at my house over the course of three days, nonstop packaging for the first round. And now I stay on top of it. She showed me how to do the printer and how to get the label just right and, and postage and shit. Isn't that so fun every day though? I it's have like, a set it's that magic. It's like that that it is, early dude, I, day we have our own grind. packaging system. Yeah. We have a, a, a way that we package it. It's all very uniform. Look great. I'll package the up the issues in the morning and I'll go exactly yeah. dude. I, I really wanted the black bubble mailer for, for stores that order uh, 10 or more issues. I have a uh, a, a um, light blue box that, that has a Kill Iconic sticker on it as well. Nice. That I think looks really cool. I want the branding to all be uniform. It's very That's very important. And Rex is huge on that as well. Yeah. And so I go to the post office every day, drop off who's ever ordered the stuff that before it's me or Christelle. Looks kind of like we'll rotate days with whoever has the time to do it. It's so fucking cool. Yeah, that's so fun. That's so fun. I've always, like on the money thing too, like it, it's... Yeah, it's fun to make money, but I always just view it as the scorecard. Money just means that you're putting out something that's of value, like that is of perceived values value to others. 
It, it's not like, mm-hmm. oh, cool, it's so sick, blah, blah, blah. I have money. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, cool, people care. Like, it's just, a, it's just yeah. a meter of how much people care. And it's such a fun thing to chase of like, look, it's viable enough to keep going. Enough people care yeah. that it can exist in this world. I don't know. You know it's uh, just, um, I don't It's cool. What? What, what what you're saying is exactly it, it, it reminded me of this um this other uh moment that i can remember uh, in time that is from what we, we talked about maybe even a half hour ago now damn yeah. where it was 2016 was actually when i realized this is something that we can do like i can make this a real living now that's when oh, wow. around 2015 2016 it's when I was like, I mean, I, I worked in the food industry from the age of 15 and a half to the age of uh, 24. And that was my means of, of living, yeah. uh, paying rent and, and doing all that stuff. And when I realized that I could uh, be making what I would make there plus more, and it was continuing to just grow, that it was, a, it was another milestone aha moment. Like, holy shit, this actually is possible. But it wasn't I did not set out mm-hmm. to do that. But then our weird obsessive progress brains see that and it's like, wait a minute, I can do what I love and I can make the same amount as food and service. Oh, wait, it can go a little bit up. So then again, it's not like this, like, oh, I'm trying to be rich and better than everybody. No, it's just like the obsession of like, I love what I'm doing and I get to perfect it to the point where I can survive. Holy shit, what could, how could you not do this? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And since then, it's just continued to be a very fun journey that I've been uh, lucky to experience up until now. God, I love that. I love that. Yeah, dude. I mean, dude, I feel like I feel like you and I, we have our conversations all the time. And every time we talk, we just get so fired up and I love it. And this was so long overdue. I do feel like we could talk forever, yeah, but we kind of hit a great spot. I feel like this is a very nice spot to leave it. So my final question for you yeah. When's that Kill Iconic podcast coming? <laughs> the Kill Iconic podcast will be uh, surfacing very shortly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's go. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be p- picking your brain about all that, but I've, I've been planning it now for um, almost a couple months now. I was going to be a little after the magazine and uh, with the Kill Iconic brand, dude, I, I, I want it to do even more. There's, I, I I'm not sure when this episode is going to air, but there will be uh, a label that's going to follow relatively shortly, which I, I, same thing. I realized putting together all this stuff with just friends and community, yeah. why not try to start putting out, uh, putting out music as well. I love it, and dude. then uh, I've got a bunch of different, it's just, it's going to be a cool growth over time. I want it to live all in that kill iconic world. I want, I'm, I'm happy to have that be its, its overall thing. But to answer your question, podcast will be very shortly i love it and <laughs> and i hope you'll come on when i when i do, oh, do it. my god it would be a huge honor you know it you, know, you just tell um, me when i think there was something also i wanted to add please, i please. think will be cool for, for people to hear oh god, and it yeah. involves you and i what i can also remember being a very definitive moment maybe where my i've always thought um i've always thought of I want to do what I want to do and I'm going to try to do it. And I know it's possible. And I, I've had that mindset. I, I definitely have, but it hit a different level after you showed me that infamous fucking podcast with Kevion in 2017. You Dude. sent me that. And that was another very, very uh, big moment. That changed my I life. did. I did me too. the writing down your thing and the shit started happening. Dude, it was, I couldn't, it was, it was just crazy. And I, I do trace that back. That's where I feel like my mindset changed in even more like upward. It just felt more focused. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember if, oh, I could envision e- uh, more easily, yeah. I think is the pr- uh, grammatically correct way to say it, more easily what I wanted to do, yeah. how I was going to do yeah. it, and just make make it happen. And I'm not saying that everything that I, that I wrote down or everything that I want is going to come true. That That's not the case. Of course not. And I'm not even saying that um, it's going to be all easy and it's, it's, it's success from here on out. But it was just a trip to see the things that I had written down, what had happened and how 
I started thinking about things differently, much more in the law of attraction way. And this idea of um, manifesting it with integrity, not just taking, yes. but making. Yeah. Having this be a focal point and like, I guess, living it as if it was already happening or was going to happen inevitably. Yes. Just living that way. Yes. Living like it was already a thing and seeing that bring stuff in was a fucking trip. It was after that podcast that you showed me, dude. Dude. That you showed me. I, it was such a cool moment. Let's like let's talk about that for a second just because that one that Absolutely, I'm so dude. honored that I like I'm so glad that that clicked to you and me as well like when I heard that and for the listener that is episode 50 of short story long which is a podcast by Chris Paff or drama and Kevin or Kevion Sturdivant came on the show. He's a real estate agent, but he had worked with a lot of people in streetwear, primarily Jonas from LRG. And he has the craziest story in the world. He's gone through everything you can imagine. He's had some very high highs and very low lows and just kept it like so real. And I, did you realize, I don't know if you ever saw, I did a podcast with him. That was one of mine. I, dude, I saw that. I wanted to ask you about it, but it wasn't a text call. Though. Yeah, it was like, I wanted to it's a, hear about it. Well, yeah, so... Uh, again, for the listener, so we don't go too, too sidebar, but like he just has a very good, non-cheesy way of explaining the law of attraction and manifestation and writing down your goals specifically and coming from faith that it will happen. And he's he's said it in a couple different ways. And exactly. like, I mean, you can follow him on social media. You can go back and listen to the episode that I did with him. I think it's episode 32. Um, I mean, he is a limitless well of great information, but the point of it all is I think both you and I, we've had this shift where we were already very high functioning people, but then it was almost like this, like, oh, wait, I'm allowed to have nice things. I'm allowed to have and accomplish my dream goals and my dream things mm -hmm. And it was just that shift of like letting yourself think that big and then treating it like it was already there and writing those things down. Yes. And it just instills this confidence in you and this energy and this motivation to work harder. Like it's not like you're just sitting there and you're yeah. closing your eyes and wishing all day. You have to work. Exactly. But it just yeah, like, it I don't know what that shift is because I had the same thing happen to me and things got so much better. Yeah. So that's... I remember God, man. It, it, it came at a time I really wanted to hear. I needed to hear something like that. And it resonated in me, this different energy. It resonated a different energy out of me yeah. that I was able to hone on after hearing that episode. Something about it just really, really stuck. And uh, I felt changed. My mindset felt changed. And I, I felt in a, uh, uh, just like you, it was anything was possible. I had, I just started thinking that way and not telling myself necessarily, I have to think this way. It just was more of a, uh, it, I can't really explain it's, it. I, I think I've tried to, I've, I've explained it already. I don't want to keep it going. Totally. In circles. It just was really, really worth it. Yeah. It was, it was a great feeling. And, and I, I think things, I'm not sure that, uh, things would be, uh, I would have done things exactly the same way. Had I not heard that, that was a, a, a big, a big shift in the way that I, I moved forward yeah. in everything that I was doing. I, I think too, it's interesting because there, I have a select group of friends that really resonate with that general um, vibe, energy, mindset, focus um, that Kevion articulates so, so well. And it, it's just, it's so reassuring that you can work so hard and be so driven but then it's like, sometimes you can kind of get lost or just think that, that it's so daunting. So when you, when you hear it and you kind of shift your mindset of you're already there and you're just having fun with the process, magic happens. And that's so fucking yeah. cool, dude. Yeah, dude, that was, it was a great thing. And I'm really glad you showed me that. Yeah, damn. I'll, uh, I'll, link, I'll link that in the show description and all that too. So if anybody else wants to... It's That's long. It's it long, is. but it's 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 worth it. Yeah. It was a uh, I, I listened to it on on two drives yep. and it was it was it got me through that drive all wired and shit. Uh, things that I wanted to do and yeah. how I was gonna approach things differently. That's so awesome. I, I it's just cool that uh 
we're going to talk in circles if we keep talking about it. But it's 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 just cool <laughs> to hear that you have elevated continuously and again and again and again, and that you're operating from this place of just like making shit happen. It's awesome. It inspired like. We were long overdue for a catch-up, but I'm fucking fired up. We're recording this late at night right now. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what I'm yeah. going to in the next hour. I'm just going to be fucking inspired out of my mind. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'll just pace in my fucking room. I will, I'm probably going to do that again tonight while thinking of other shit. Just pace around in circles. God, dude. It, it's work, though. It's weird that the work schedule has, uh, has shifted. At first, it was hard to get used to because I was used to sitting down at a desk and emailing. That was work. And I'm not saying that's not work anymore, but a lot more of energy uh, and time is spent into things that aren't necessarily tangibly written down. Yeah. It's way more thinking. Uh, I can just think for an hour straight and be comfortable with the fact. At first, it was very uncomfortable because yeah. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Now, I'm a lot more comfortable with that's where a lot of the ideas that I've been then will be able to put into action have come from. So that's productive. Absolutely. Just sitting down or pacing can be fucking productive. Yeah. If I allow it to happen, if I allow myself to to be okay with that, with with um with that type of productivity. Totally. I'm gonna butcher his last name, but Greg McKeown uh wrote a book called Essentialism. And it's very there's a lot of that of like giving yourself the time and space to just truly think undistracted and and look and think bigger and take the busy work away. Some of the most productive people cut out the busy work and give themselves time for those big picture mm -hmm. things and to really align and not just do the busy mm -hmm. work. So that's, God, dude, oh, you just get it. It's so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> there was a, a lot of focusing on, like you said, uh, on the business or career stuff or, or even the art creative stuff. Yeah. Uh, but um, I wanted to. Oh, this is actually totally off topic. You you might even be able to just cut this out. But I wanted to try to challenge a different part of my brain, and I, so I started uh, pilot lessons in this last summer as well, out in Van Nuys, and that I'm still doing them. But that was a completely different type of challenge. It, but it broke up my day. It broke up the the normal flow of thoughts because that required a totally different set. Of thinking and concentration. I, just, I mean, I, I imagine it becomes a little more second nature over time, but especially the beginning, having to focus on something completely different and really think about it. That then, after that, I could continue on with different um, different things that were like the magazine or something that that we were working on yeah. with almost a fresh mind after that. No, dude, I'm leaving that. That explains your, that explains this <laughs> view of how like you're always challenging yourself to have these new perspectives and all that. I, I love that. And I think let's, let's leave it here. I'm sure we'll talk again yeah. on your podcast yeah. and just in general, anything like that. If there is a listener that enjoyed this podcast and they want us to come back and talk about one specific subject, we can try our best. We do get excited and go all over the place, but I'll happily have you back anytime. And where, uh, what's the best, where, where should people find you? What should they point to, uh, to conclude this, your Instagram? Do you want to point to kill iconic? What's, uh, what should people sure, check yeah. out? Uh, my Instagram is Donovan D O N O V A N underscore H T S. Um, hail the suns is just hail the sun cool. and uh, kill iconic is same thing at Kill Iconic. Yeah. Uh, you can look at more information at killiconic.com. And I would be, if I would, uh, I, I will take the opportunity also to plug that Hail the Sun released new music, oh, yeah. a new single, and our, our new album, New Age Filth, is coming out April 16th. Let's go. On Equal Vision Records. Let's go. Yeah. I love that. That's yep. a perfect plug. Go pre save that. That single. <laughs> What's the name that I literally Domino. Domino, dude, that shit ripped. That shit ripped. Thanks, it was dude. four and a half minutes or something like that. And I was like, God damn, I feel like yeah, I'm going to yeah, a whole well, different I, world. It was like I have such I, I like short it, attention span and the whole song. I was like, wow, okay, okay. It was good. <laughs> so I'm really proud of it. We think it's some of our best work. So hopefully people enjoy yeah, it. I'm genuinely hyped to hear that album. That's awesome. So thank you so much freaking much for joining me. This was such a fun episode. And that, my friends, is why Donovan is my friend. He's an inspiring dude. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Seriously, it's been a pleasure catching up and talking. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, this was great.